hey, this is Mona uh, from Mona Me Records, and you're listening to Pirate Radio After Dark. Welcome to episode 21 of Pirate Radio After Dark. I'm Josh, the Radio Pirate. You got a very, very important topic tonight to talk about, a very uh, personal topic to talk about. Uh, in this episode, we sit down with Mona, who works for Mute Records and also owns Mona Me Records. And she is releasing a compilation. The digital is already out, but the physical will be out October 1st, 2020. And that compilation features various artists. And the benefit goes to the Alzheimer's Association. The record's called The Longest Day. And the Alzheimer's Association is is really great. Um, they provide support and therapy for family members going through this very difficult disease to navigate. Um, it's something I wish I would have known of when we were going through it with my own grandfather. I would have been incredibly beneficial to a lot of my family members and myself. Um, so yeah, this is just a, a very personal episode. Um, you know, I lost my grandfather Harold in 2017. I know a lot of people have lost people to this disease. And, you know, Mona talks in the podcast of losing her grandmother and currently her father is going through it, which is why, you know, she did this compilation and wanted to do this. And it's it's a really brave and bold thing to do to put yourself out and to go out there and just be vulnerable in hopes to help other people through this really scary process. So it's a heavy episode. I'm just going to warn everyone now. You know, this is unfortunately a disease that impacts a lot of people. Um, so if this is something still fresh to you and, and you don't think you can handle it, I'd say sit this one out. We do take a very positive approach in the podcast and try to really stay on the positive side of things around support and finding support. Um, but it still is a very heavy topic. So I just want to throw that out there and be open and honest about that. Um, so we're going to get into that in just a minute. I really want to thank Mona um, for an amazing interview and just uh, connecting in a way, way that I hope was healing to her as well as I know it was healing for me. I left the interview uh, kind of emotionally exhausted and then I also felt a lot of good things too. I felt really good about it. I felt inspired it reminded me the purpose of why we created this podcast in a lot of aspects. Um, so just, you know, if you allow negative and, and traumatic and awful things to ruin you, they will. But you can also take any negative and any trauma and, and heal from it. And that's, again, a lot of the purpose of this podcast and a lot of the discussions we have on here. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. But it, it really was an honor uh, talking with Mona and it's kind of funny I guess we go way back in the radio days we were discussing after we cut the recording that she worked for Sub Pop and I was the music director at my previous station WXLV at the time when she was um, working for Sub Pop so I've known her over the last 16 years of doing radio for quite a long time we just uh, never really talked at this level it's just weird how things kind of come around like that there was a reason we were we were to meet um but yeah, just thank you again, Mona. I'm going to mention this before we get into the interview. Um, we're going to have two more interviews coming up really shortly on the show. Uh, in the next week from when this airs, I'm going to be talking to the artist behind the uh, project Cages. She passed away from suicide but was revived. And uh, this project basically exists because of her revival and refinding life. So it's a really... 
amazing story. I played the record on my radio show recently. Um, it's out, I believe, July 30th, 2020. So uh, we're going to have her on, and it's uh, going to be another heavy one. I'm just warning you now, so we're going to be doing that. And then the week after that, we're going to have Curtis Gabriel, who is an NHL and AHL player. Um, most recently, he played for Leah Valley Phantoms here where I live. I coach the disabled youth sled hockey team for the Phantoms with my wife. And um, Curtis was awesome enough to pretty much join us at every practice this season before COVID shut everything down. Um, Curtis is an outstanding, phenomenal individual on and off the ice. And it's genuine. He genuinely loves life and loves people and he wants to create change so people don't feel as outcasts, don't feel marginalized. Curtis is very involved right now in the LGBTQ community as well as Black Lives Matter as well as changing the hockey culture because a lot of people aren't aware the hockey culture is actually there's a lot of uh, turmoil around that and a lot of negativity and and some really bad things do occur behind the scenes um, and just I'm really excited to have him on. We're going to talk a lot about what he's been doing here in the community for us locally, as well as what he's been doing, you know, globally in the hockey community and just making hockey for everyone, making everyone feel included, not making it a bully sport. I think that's great because on the ice, Curtis is an enforcer. He's the guy that's going to kick someone's ass before anyone else. And he can, he can swing. I've seen it a number of times, but he is, truly the kindest person off the ice and one of the we've met a lot of players doing this coaching thing uh he's one of the most amazing people we've met uh, if not the most amazing so i'm really excited to bring him on we were supposed to have him on back in march but then the world shut down um so he's just going to call in from canada because he's back home safe and uh we're going to have him on so i just want to throw those out there so keep an eye out for those podcasts don't forget Radio show still airs every Saturday, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on 91.7 FM WMUH Allentown. If you're in the Allentown and Eastern Pennsylvania area, if not, you can still listen. Download the free TuneIn app and search for WMUH on there. You can tune in wherever you are. Those are my things. And lastly, if you're not following the show on social media, I suggest you do that. Our Twitter is at Pirate Radio AD. Our Instagram is at Pirate Radio After Dark. Facebook is Pirate Radio After Dark. And that's what I got for you. Here's the interview with Mona from Mona Me Records. I hope you enjoy. Thank you. Good evening, Pirate Radio After Dark listeners. This is Josh, the Radio Pirate. I have a very special guest tonight. Um, something very near and dear kind of fell into my lap a couple weeks ago musically. And uh, the individual behind this project has joined me on the show today, um, and I'm really thrilled to talk about this, and, and we'll talk as to why that is in a little bit. But um, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Mona, uh, Mona Dagan, and I run a label called Mona Me Records. And I'm super happy to be here today. Thank you for inviting me. Welcome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm really happy to talk to you about this really important project you're working on. So, you know, you, you started um, Mona Me Records. What made you want to start a label? I know you you have another job as well. Yeah, so my day job has always, well, I guess not always been at record labels, but always been music-related. Um, I started in college radio at Calix in Berkeley and just loved the environment and 
just felt like I had found my tribe finally. <laughs> um, so I ended up just sticking with that and wanting to pursue radio. Uh, ended up moving to London and getting my master's at uh, Goldsmiths College in radio and uh, working at BBC Six Music while I was out there. Um, and then came back and did more radio back in the States and then ended up eventually at Sub Pop Records doing uh, college radio promotions. And then from there, ended up moving to New York to work at Domino Records. And when I moved here, I had some good friends in this band called Magic Bullets out in San Francisco. And they were, I really believed in them. I loved their sound. I loved everything about them. Like, I couldn't get their music out of my head. And they um, couldn't find a label at the time. And so I thought, like, why not use this experience that I had from other labels like Sub Pop and Domino and start my own and help this band that could use my resources. Um, and we just did it very low budget. I actually got a loan from my dad um, to start the label to like do the first run pressing of records. Um, so I guess this project that I am releasing now that uh, is benefiting Alzheimer's Association is extra poignant because my dad has Alzheimer's and it just kind of feels full circle that I could use my label and what he helped me start to honor him. It's a really beautiful thing um, and that was going to be my next question. Uh, you know, I, I had initially saw an article because I'm a big fan of beach slang and, and James is actually originally from my area. Um, you know, I saw about him doing this compilation and covering the church. So I listened to it. I was like, well, this is rad. And then I realized what it was benefiting. And, um, you know, I lost my grandfather in 2017 to dementia. Um, and it was probably the worst thing I've ever witnessed in my life. And I've seen some, some pretty traumatic stuff. Um, you know, especially even with the field I work in, but, uh, it was by far one of the, the hardest things I've ever watched um, as his mind deteriorated over time, you know, and today, you know, as I was kind of prepping to talk to you, I, I went on, you know, your, your labels website and then there was the link to the Alzheimer's Association page where you're doing the fundraiser. So I read your story and, you know, I, I gotta be honest, I, I kind of broke down in tears around lunchtime today when I was going over the page. Um, my heart goes out to you just reading your story on there and, being, you know, vulnerable enough to share it with, you know, other people through this project. And I, I just can't thank you enough for, for putting yourself out there to try to, you know, help the cause. Oh, thank you so much. I'm going to cry, so I, <laughs> I won't go too far into it, but that means a lot. Thank you for saying that. You're very welcome. Um, you know, it's something that I, I you know, everyone everyone's aware of the disease, but until you actually experience it yourself, um, really changes your perspective of, of just how awful this is. Um, you know, my grandfather was, uh, he worked on a golf course um, for, until he was 87, uh, every day for six days a week for about, you know, 10 hours a day that the man was in great health, and then all of a sudden his brain just started to... Um, kind of slip a little and, and we found out, you know, the diagnosis shortly after that and, you know, we had him for about two years during that period. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, I, I'm incredibly touched that you're doing this. Um, you know, I, 
I ordered the physical uh, vinyl, which I'm really excited about. Would you mind just kind of talking about, you know, I know the digital has been released, but could you talk about, you know, what's going on with this project a little more in detail? Sure. So um, basically uh, the compilation has features a bunch of artists that have donated their songs. And actually everybody involved has been donating their time or energy or talent in some way. Like the artwork is all being designed um, by Chris Hall, who's donating his time. Um, the photographs all were donated from Ibru Yildiz, this amazing photographer um, that does a lot of band and musician portrait photography. But her mother also had Alzheimer's, and so she uh, documented her mother's journey throughout the disease, and um, a lot of her photographs will be used as part of the artwork. And then also people that pre-order the album are able to submit a name of someone that they know that has been affected by the disease. And that could be with either the person um, that has dementia or if there's a caregiver or something, but anybody that they know has, who has been affected by the disease and all the names will be included in the artwork. And weirdly, that process has been much more emotional than I imagined it to be. And, and it's funny because sometimes I don't even know anything about the person. I'm just seeing these names. But just seeing the name itself was very emotional. I think a lot of, obviously, the names are, are predominantly from older people, and they're all of kind of old-fashioned and of a different era, and I feel like that alone is very poignant to me, but then also imagining the people that have been submitting the names and their relationships to these people has been really emotional, but also fortifying in a weird way because I feel like I, I definitely know I'm not alone, and I know that like the Alzheimer's Association has been a huge resource for me. When my father was diagnosed last year, I dealt with a lot of really, really major challenges, and I don't think I could have gotten through any of it without the Alzheimer's Association. Um, they have a 24-7 hotline that would be great if we could give out as well in case anybody else is struggling, but I called um, all the time, anytime actually I had a problem, and they just walked me through it. So. Um, all the, the profits from this project are going to the Alzheimer's Association, and I'm hoping that I can just keep raising awareness and keep raising funds for them because I don't know what I would have done without them. That's awesome. And, yes, if you have the number, please share it. Um, go ahead. I am going to pull it up right now. Sorry, I should have had that. Oh, no, ready. no worries. While you're looking for that, I, I just have a couple comments. One, I think it's absolutely beautiful that you're including the names of, you know, people who have been touched in one way or another by this. Um, you know, I, I have my grandfather's name going into it. I told my mom um, when I was out to lunch with her for my birthday over the weekend, I told her about it. So she ordered the CD. Um, I believe she did this week. She said she was. I assume she did. She's pretty on top of that, but she was really touched by that. Um, so I, I think this is just a really beautiful project, you know, and, Unfortunately, you know, what you just shared with me about having this hotline that, that the Alzheimer's Association has, I was unaware of that. And that's something, like, I wish, especially my mom, because she really, really struggled with this, you know, being that was um, his only child. 
um, you know, I wish I would have known that. And that's exactly why I wanted to do, you know, this, this interview with you because when I ordered the record, I, you had reached out to just verify the spelling of his name and, and we got to talking and, you know, then I, I found out that it it's impacted your own family. So I'm just really glad because this is, you know, the kind of conversations that need to to be had to share information and, and like you said, having that support from the Alzheimer's Association, that's so important. Um, you know, just having someone, whether it's professional guidance or someone that's just been there, uh, it goes a long way. I, I actually am going to read this now because I, I, I took it off, you know, the, the page. Um, the, the mission for the Alzheimer's Association, it says, is to provide support services and education to individuals, families, and caregivers affected by Alzheimer's disease and related dementias nationwide and fund research for better treatment and a cure. Um, so whenever you're ready with the phone number, go right ahead. It's 1-800-272-3900. And it's 800-272-3900. Thank you so much for that. Um, so like I said, you know, the beach slang song is really what kind of caught my eye. Um, you know, I know James has been doing a lot of these, like, mixtape things where he does covers and stuff. Um, so was this Under the Milky Way cover specifically for this album, or do you know kind of where James came up with covering this one and specifically why for this record? Um, so my call to musicians when I was trying to get material was uh, – Basically, I wanted something exclusive that you couldn't find easily somewhere else. Um, so I suggested maybe it was an outtake, a demo, a cover song, a remix, um, just some forgotten track in their catalog, anything. Um, so that was what I asked for. And then each artist came back with their version of what they wanted to submit. And Beachling had... Um, suggested this song, which I love because I actually love the church too. And, and Same here. I feel like it's such a good song. It's such a classic. Like I feel like when those opening notes start, like your heart just automatically melts. It's just one of those songs. Um, but it, it was interesting because none of the artists knew what anybody else was turning in, but I felt like at the end all the pieces just fit together really well. Um, but I'm probably biased because I've listened to it so many times, but I felt like like Beach Slang sounds perfect next to Shadow Party and Trust and New Order, and I think they all just complement each other really well. Yeah, and it, that was actually going to be something I asked you. You know, I, I sat down and finally listened to the record like a week ago. Um, you know, I was kind of like, there's a vibe here, and I didn't know if that was intentional or how much collaboration occurred between the artist or you and the artist and, and I you're right, it just it gels and it's it's interesting, you know, when you have a bunch of people that are, are very different and in different places and in different sounds, but yet it still sounds like it it just naturally flows, which is awesome. Yeah, I was really surprised and happy about that. I was actually almost scared when people were sending their songs in and I finally put them all together and I was like, okay, this is like the ultimate mixtape I'm making. Like I have to get the ordering right on this. And I feel like at the end of the day, they did end up all just working perfect next to each other. And I feel like it's just like, I don't know, maybe because I'm cosmic <laughs> or yeah. cosmically inclined, but I just feel like there is something um, like out there, like a, a um, 
some sort of star alignment that made them all work together. <laughs> I, I'm a big believer in synchronicity and stuff, so I can I can see something like that happening for sure. That that's beautiful. Um, you know, regarding the the artists, you have some really big names on here. You know, Moby and New Order. How did that come to be? You know, um, I mean, I know obviously you you worked in the industry a long time and in various positions, as you mentioned. Um, but you know, those are some really big names um, for a small label. Definitely, um, I I hundred percent know that if I didn't have my day job, none of this would have happened. <laughs> um, and because I currently work at Ute Records, um, mm -hmm. and so New Order and Moby are both on the roster, as are Daniel Avery and High, um, and Laddin, who's actually formerly known as Cold Specs. But okay. so Cold Specs is the project that she's been doing for a long time now. Um, Canadian artist, it's incredible. She has like one of those kinds of voices that I feel like can also just bring you to tears a cappella. Like it's just got such a, a emotional quality to it. But um, she's going to be putting out her next record as Laden, which is her real name. And so this song that's on this compilation is actually her. Um, farewell to the Cold Specs project, which is special. It felt really special to me. Um, but it just, yeah, like you said, like through my years of music industry experience, I just met all these artists in one way or another and uh, reached out to everybody I know. And some people couldn't participate, but like not in a negative way. It was just they didn't have the time or they didn't have the material or anything. Um, but all of these people graciously were like, yes, I, I have something or I'll make something for this. So Beach Sling was actually an example of they they made the song for the album. That's very cool. Um, you know, and I don't want to spill anything personal about anyone, uh, so we'll just keep this vague. You know, obviously so many people have been touched by this disease in one way or another, um, and you don't have to specifically go into any artist but did any of the artists reach out and share with you, like, I want to do this because this happened to me or anything? Um, actually, Rituals of Mine um, was one of the first artists to say, yes, this is a subject near and dear to me. So she, um, and I think her song actually fits really well with the tone of Alzheimer's and dementia. Um, her track is The Only Way Out is Through. Uh, it's just like this beautiful, meditative um, kind of, I don't know how to really describe it, so I will try, actually. But uh, I thought her song was a perfect fit, and that was a personal connection for her. Um, and actually Hayden also, and John Hopkins, and they did the cover of Goodbye Horses together, and both of them had had people affected. It's beautiful. Music heals in so many ways, and when people can come together for stuff like this, I just think it's super rad. Um, so I just can't say enough good things about this. Um, you know, I was wondering, and I, you kind of touched on it on the website, but can you go into the, the topic of the title of the record and how, how that came to be and what that means? Yes. So The Longest Day is actually the Alzheimer's Association's yearly fundraiser platform. Um, they actually do it not just one time a year, but the, the longest day, the solstice, is the the largest fundraising campaign I believe they have. Um, and I mean, 
that within, um, I can't remember the term of this, but basically where they encourage people to do their own fundraisers. Um, I'm not sure if there's a specific term for that. but um, So they encourage people to do whatever activity means something to them and try to raise funds themselves to and raise awareness for the, the uh, Alzheimer's Association. And I, they say the longest day or the day with the most light is the day that we fight Alzheimer's, um, which I think is a beautiful sentiment in itself. So the title of the album was The Longest Day because it was for the Alzheimer's Association's The Longest Day campaign. Um, and actually the artwork, we've just been working on it now because we had to wait to do the artwork so we could get everybody's tribute names. And I've just been working with the designer this week and uh, all the labels he did are like different um, part patterns of the sun and different parts of the day that are, it's really beautiful. So I can't wait for people to see what he came yeah, up with. I cannot wait to see this. I'm really excited for October 1st. Um, I know this is probably tough. And I, I don't want you to uh, have to throw anyone um, out there, but what would be your favorite song on the record now that you you know ordered it in a way that you like and you've heard it all? If, if there's one song that like you just will always hang on to, what's your favorite song on this project? Ah, uh, that's really too hard. <laughs> Honestly, because I feel like each song has such a beautiful merit to it. Like I think. Um, like the ones that I haven't mentioned before, like Reese Chatham is this incredible uh, guitarist and uh, composer and multi-instrumentalist that has done so much beautiful experimental work and he does this like nine-minute um, flute, uh, symphony for flute that is stunning and layered and, and just so uh, transcendent for lack of a better term. And he actually had lost someone to Alzheimer's as well. And um, But this song was actually a tribute for another friend that he had lost, non-dementia related. But there is that kind of sense of, of grief and mourning and uh, beauty and like all the, these kind of, I don't know if you felt this too, but I feel like even though the process of dealing with someone with Alzheimer's or dementia um, is so painful. I feel like there is a weird beauty to it as well. Like I feel like when I was really going through it in the beginning of the the diagnosis with my father, and and he was still actively working, totally independent person, did not and could not accept that he had this diagnosis. So I was, and he basically had not to go into too much personal detail, but uh, had like a a gang of squatters on his property that were like meth addicts that were taking advantage of him. His bank accounts were all white. And like, I don't live locally. He lives in Reno. I live in New York. And I uh, had to basically figure out his life and figure out how to save him and quickly. Like I had to cancel my, my trip home and just try to figure out his life and get him to a place where he was safe and stable. But he didn't know what was going on, so he was resisting every step of the way. And that whole process was beyond words. Like, I really felt like I was dealing with an impossible situation. But at the end of the day, I felt like I was really living, like, for the first time. Like, I was really dealing with important issues that were so much more profound than the frivolousness that I'd been dealing with most of my life. And I felt like I was growing up. And there's something kind of 
beautiful and profound about stepping up when someone that you care about needs you and also having to deal with difficult things and getting through them. No, I, I completely agree. Um, you know, reflecting back on what what my family and I went through with my grandfather, you know, one, it completely brought us together in a new way. It really put into perspective of what was important and, and where to focus your energy and time in the day. You know, and it, it definitely um, created bonds and, and reshaped things in ways that were very beautiful. And exactly what you said about um, kind of feeling like you were finally living, I I felt that too in a, in a couple of those instances of some of the those days. And um, yeah, it changes you. And I think, you know, um, I think trauma can definitely uh, enhance people's living in good ways if they allow it. Um, you know, and I think you're taking a wonderful approach here to not just help heal you, but to heal others. And I think when people translate trauma into ways like that, which is a lot of why I, you know, work in the mental health field because of some things I've gone through and, you know, why I do the podcast, um, it's just, it's good for the world. You can take any negative and turn it into a positive. It's just a choice you make. Exactly, exactly. But uh, to go back to your question about the songs, I feel like all of them have that. But the Reese Chatham one, to me, kind of symbolizes all of those kind of variant feelings of life, like grief and pain, but beauty and life. And I feel like I'm just throwing out words, live, laugh, love. Now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I get it. It's, uh, it's a really beautiful record. Um, yeah, it just it, it works really well. It flows well. You picked a nice track order, too. Thank you. I really appreciate it. So, you know, obviously you've lived this, you're living this. Um, you know, what would be advice you would give someone who's going through this that doesn't really feel that they have um, a lot of support or a lot of options? Um, I would definitely call that number. Um, I'll say it again, 800-272-3900. Um, to juxtapose the first time I was coping with this, uh, my grandmother had Alzheimer's when I was uh, in high school, and so I used to take care of her after school, and I have never felt such deep depression because I just wasn't equipped. I, I really didn't understand what was going on. I wasn't trained how to deal with it. I wasn't knowing what to expect or how to react to difficult questions or scenarios. And I went to a very, very dark place um, in high school. And I, I feel like I resented her. I, I resented my mom for putting me in that situation. I, I didn't, I, I don't think I handled it well at all. I mean, I was 15, so I'm like trying to cut myself a little slack. But but I just feel like the, the difference between that and then dealing with it again now where I can call this number. And there's so many good books out there, too, um, that really helped me. I think just trying, knowing what to expect, even if it's hard to hear, it's, it makes it easier when it happens in real life. 
And then the with the, the number, the, the hotline, basically I called for all hours with the wackiest scenarios of I was like, I just have no idea how to deal with this. And they would just say, like, everything you're dealing with is completely normal. And they, the whole point is they're advocating for the person as well. Like, I, a big part was learning that, you know, reminding my dad or saying something like, remember when I said that? Like, it's not helpful. Obviously, he doesn't remember. But And then me saying remember was triggering him further, and then it was just creating this mess for both of us where we were both frustrated and sad. But knowing, like, how to respond when he says something that I don't understand what to say and just, like, saying I love you back just because I think all anybody wants is to feel reassured and when neither of us knows what to say or what to deal with something, I just say, I love you. And I feel like it just makes both of us feel better because that's just returning to the the feeling at hand is that everybody just wants to feel reassured and safe and loved. And um, I wouldn't have known any of those things if I hadn't had guidance from the Alzheimer's Association. So I would definitely recommend calling that number and they have so many good um, seminars and reading materials and um, just they have someone that has a master's in um, the subject ready at all times to speak with you and walk you through every person, every type of scenario. That's incredible. I so wish I would have known about this. And again, that's why I'm really glad we're doing this today. Um, and hopefully yeah. this can get out to someone that needs to hear that. Definitely. Because um, none of us are alone. Like, this disease is affecting so many people. Like, it's crazy that it, how much it keeps growing. And the fact that I've dealt with it twice in my own life, and I hope that's, that's it, but it could be a third. And it's it's getting worse and worse all the time. Not to be alarmist or scary, but um, it's not. So I think people kind of forget about it because they think it's just an older person problem. But yeah. we're not, I mean, first of all, I'm not that young anymore, so that's not that far away. And two, like, it doesn't just affect that person. It affects their family, too. Yeah, and it's something that, you know, we're, we're learning more about, but there's still a long way to go. Um, yeah. You know, there's tons of research to be done. And until that's done, we're still going to be kind of grasping for answers with this. And um, it's hard. I mean, the you know, I, I've been doing the show, like I said to you, when we started talking for, um, you know, 16 years. But I, I kind of brought the cod podcast to light in the last two years. And the, the very first person um, I had on the podcast, which anyone that's listening can go back to episode one, uh, was Skylar from His Legend, who I've become good friends with since. And, um, you know, we kind of bonded over the fact that he lost his dad right around the time I lost my grandfather to the same thing. His dad was much younger than my grandfather, but the podcast was like three hours, and we actually just went out to to a bar, had some drinks, and just talked the whole time, and we got really deep into kind of looking at, like, what was going on, and they both had these very similar traits in their diets and similar traits with this and that. It was just... It's interesting. You know, anyone can speculate about this and that. Obviously, there's research out there that, you know, points to certain things that may cause this and stuff. But it's just fascinating when you get to really sit down and talk with someone um, who's gone through this and, and, you know, 
how do we prevent it? How do we support each other when someone has it? Those conversations are just they're so incredibly real. Um, you know, and I'm having this conversation with you now, and it's just my heart goes out to anyone that's going through this because it's it's nothing nothing I would wish on anyone. Same, same. And I think you don't really know. Like I, I guess you can't really know of anything until you go through it. Like you can sympathize, but I guess you can't really understand. So I definitely, my heart goes out as well to everybody that is going through it because um, you can't really imagine the the nuances of sadness. I guess it's because it's not just that you feel bad for them or that it's difficult or challenging. It's just this weird prolonged mourning as you're kind of slowly losing someone day by day. And, like, it's not like when someone dies and, and you get this kind of outpouring of emotion and, and you can process it externally. I feel like it's this very weird, quiet, lonely, prolonged mourning of someone as you... But I guess in a weird way, maybe that's has its benefits as well because I I don't know how it was for you, but I guess some people have said that when the person passes, by that point they've they've kind of done all the mourning so that they they've cried all the tears and, and are almost ready to move on. I don't know if that was your experience. Yeah, I uh I think it it was in, in a lot of ways. I still remember, you know, the, the last he had he had been in a, a dementia care unit um, the last couple months, and then the one night he he fell and broke his hip, and everything went drastically downhill. You know, and the doctor described it as, you know, if if you or I um, injures ourselves, we can say, okay, I broke my arm, that's going to heal in six weeks. But in his state, he broke his hip. And no one could explain to him, you broke your hip, this is what we have to do to help you heal. And the doctor explained it as the pain overload he experienced just kind of basically destroyed him fast, incredibly fast. And, you know, the last two weeks were just, every day was a rapid decline. And watching that was haunting. Uh, my fiance at the time, who's now my wife, you know, she... The night he passed, uh, she just looked at me and she said, um, I've never seen anything like that in my life. And uh, it was just unreal. And then, you know, going through the process um, for the funeral, that morning of the funeral, I, I'm a runner. I went out for a run and uh, I ran past where he was going to be placed later that day. And I remember that day I, I listened to Manchester Orchestra's Black Mile because it had come out around that time. And I just, I ran like four miles and just cried the whole time, but I felt alive and I felt he was finally okay. But mm -hmm. like that sticks with me. Like, I mean, that whole last month or two there is just, that's something that will never be erased from my memory. And it was so it's many weird, waves, uh, so many waves of sorry. emotion. No, I was just going to say it's just so many waves of emotion. Mm. I was going to say it's so weird, uh, those memories, those music memories again. But I guess also, go back to 
um, music and Alzheimer's, I guess they say that uh, music holds a specific part in your brain. That So uh, people with Alzheimer's, sometimes even when they're, they don't remember how to speak or other functions, will remember how to sing a song um, or be able to like keep beat with a song because it's the the song keeps a different part of their memory that's less affected by the disease. But but music memories, I feel like, are the strongest for me as well. And when you were talking about running and, and listening to that song, I remember when I was saying goodbye to my grandmother, we had to, we're, I'm Iranian, and so we were um, basically taking my grandmother back to Iran because we couldn't keep up with the level of care that she needed. Um, so we flew with her to Switzerland, and that's as far as we could go with her. Um, and I, we had a, like, 19-hour layover or something in Switzerland and Zurich, and it was the hardest rain I've ever seen in my life. It just looked like sheets of rain outside the window. And I was listening to The Cure. <laughs> like, why was I listening to The Cure? Of course, like, I'm in a dark place. Like, go oh gosh. Yeah. But I the 17 seconds album over and over on my tape and I just remember that album and seeing the rain and hearing my mom or my grandmother ask the same question over and over like when are we going home when are we going home because she didn't understand why we were just sitting there for so long and it was like one of the darkest memories I have um but it's strange how those songs stick with you too absolutely I gotta tell you this is um one of the most emotional interviews I, I've uh, done in a while. Um, I'm really, really trying to hold it together, but I'm, I'm also smiling because, you know, it's people like yourself and hopefully myself that can help give hope to others. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you so much for uh, having these conversations with me. <laughs> they're not easy, yeah. but I hope that they're helping other people too and that we can... Somebody else doesn't feel as alone, too. Thank you for being vulnerable and brave enough to have these conversations publicly. Um, you know, I don't know if you're David Bazan or Pedro the Lion fan. Um, I very much am, and uh, I've had him on the show, and I've learned from him that being vulnerable is really the only way to take care of each other sometimes. Totally. Oh, 100% agree. Um, so, yeah. So, for anyone interested in, you know, finding this album, how can they do that? Um, it's available on my website, monamirecords.com, um, and that's monami, like my friend in French, M-O-N-A-M-I-E. Um, and it's also on Bandcamp, and it's the Longest Day Benefit album, um, and it's on iTunes as well. So any way that you buy it, all of the profits will go to the Alzheimer's Association. And um, is this airing this Saturday? Yes, it will be. Yep. Okay. So actually, if people can get their orders in by the end of Saturday, um, they'll still be able to submit a tribute name because we're going to be submitting the artwork in on Monday morning. So um, I'll keep an eye out. If any orders come in, you can put in a name of someone that you know that you'd like to honor that has been affected by dementia, whether it's the person or um, a, a friend that you have that's a caregiver or whatever 
um, it means to you. I always thought it would be a nice gift as well for someone if you got a, a name in there and then you can give it to them for the holidays. They'll ship out by October 1st. Awesome. Um, I'm going to play some tracks, obviously, on the show today when it's airing, which I know not today, but Saturday. Um, is there any specific tracks you'd like me to play? Um, you know, obviously I did beach slang last week, um, but, you know, is there anything you would like me to play on Saturday? Anything off the album? Uh, any, I'm honestly, your choice, dealer's choice. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Um, I'm going to quick shift gears here and kind of end on a, just a positive, happy note, which uh, I typically end all the interviews on. Um, first question, your Desert Island record, if you were stuck in Desert Island, what would it be? Uh, the Smith Slaughter and Bombs. Beautiful. And are there any records, since I my show is geared all around new music, um, no specific genre, but just new stuff, any records, and it can be from Mute, uh, that you think people should check out that's come out in the last couple of months? Um, yes. Uh, Daniel Avery, who's an artist on the compilation, has a new album out on mute. Um, it's called Love Plus Light. And he uh, did the whole record in quarantine, and it's really beautiful. It's, it's got two different sides to it. It's part ambient, part techno, um, but... 100% awesome. So check that out. Cool. So I have a question about the industry. And I, I really yeah. am curious about this because this, as someone that does the music show, it's, you know, new releases are on my radar all the time. Um, I'm checking lists every week, you know, listening to all kinds of things, see what I want to put on the show. You know, obviously with quarantine and the world probably not getting back to any sense of normalcy anytime soon, what do you think the new release radar is going to look like in three months, six months, 12 months from now? Because it's got to, you know, I know some bands are doing quarantine things. Some bands with the magic of technology are recording in various places. And that's been done before. It's nothing just because of quarantine. But, you know, a lot of bands still like to get together in a studio and, and do that. So what do you think, from your perspective as someone in the industry, new releases are going to look like in a couple months? Um, is, as far as like how many or what what they'll actually be like? Either. <laughs> um, I feel like well, all, all I could say is from Mute side, the our release schedule has been busier than ever. Like our artists are feeling inspired, they're feeling active. I think the I mean it makes sense, I guess, as as creative if you are forced to kind of sit still, I guess. Um, you probably think like, well, what am I going to make or what am I going to do with this time? So I feel like a lot of our artists are either, you know, doing home DJ sets or creating records that they want to release. They're they're more involved in their campaigns. They want to do more Q&As. They want to do more online activities. So I feel like it's, it's going to be as busy as ever, which is is good. Like, I feel like we all just need some music to get us through everything. So I feel like I was thinking about it this morning, like, why did I pick to work in music? Because it's not the most lucrative job, and it's definitely, um, I don't know. There's probably other ways I could be helping people a little bit more, but then I thought, actually, no, music does help people. Like, I, I think growing up, 
music always got me through my hardest moments. So if if anything that we put out in the industry helps someone get through their day or or you know want to get through another day, I think that that's worth it. I I couldn't agree more. You know, like I said, I, I work in therapy and in my real job, but music and radio and doing all this is, is my personal therapy because it's a stressful position. Um, so I, I think it's great. And that makes you really happy that, you know, you're seeing an uptick in creativity, which also doesn't surprise me because if you're an artist, you usually create things around emotion. And there's a lot of emotion right now. So yeah. that's great. That's great. Um, yeah, so is there anything you would like to add about this project or, or anything we talked about before we look to wrap this up? Um, no, the one thing I was going to say, though, is that I noticed in your email there is a signature, the good thoughts, good words, good deeds. Mm -hmm. um, and m my dad is Zoroastrian, and he says that to me every day. We talk every day, and he says that to me. So I thought that was a neat little omen um, when we were when they're interacting that, like, everything is as it should be. And, like, I think those are good words to live by. So thank you so much for for living by them and for giving this platform for people to to connect with each other. And thank you for having me on the show. You're very welcome. I can't thank you enough. And like I said, I'm a firm believer in synchronicity, so the fact that you saw that uh, is very, very cool, and there's a reason we talked tonight. Um, so yeah. very appreciative, and I wish you the absolute best for this project. And, you know, if anyone is interested in helping out to support this cause, definitely check out the website. Um, you know, it's it's a really important thing, and, and this unfortunately touches a lot of people, and um, it unfortunately probably will for a very long time. So um, just take care of each other, and, and thank you so much again for doing this. Thank you. Hey, this is Mona uh, from Mona Me Records, and you're listening to Pirate Radio After Dark. So you have it. It's our interview with Mona. Cannot thank her enough for being vulnerable and sharing her story to hopefully help others in various ways. I know this was uh, one of my favorite interviews, and uh, I hope we can definitely stay in touch. And I, I truly wish you the best with your father. I wish you the best with this record. Please consider buying it. Um, it supports a really great cause, and uh, it's just something very near and dear to me. Um, when you go through something like this, you really never forget it. So um, there's that. And then always we end the uh, podcast with a song from Emily and I's band, The Better Invaders. We don't take ourselves too serious, but uh, we put out a record last year called New Hampshire Fever Dream. This is the last track on the record. It's called Solitude on Squam Lake. And uh, we love this record. We're working on a new one for uh, Halloween again this year, as we always do. So keep an eye out for some new tracks. They might just pop up here on the podcast. If you want to check out our music, it's free to download. We got some merch on there, too. We still have a couple handmade cassettes of one of our albums, which are actually we sold a ton of them during uh, quarantine, which is awesome. So shout out to everyone that bought them. Thank you very much, especially Andrew and his family up in Canada. I just want to say hi. Hope you guys are well. Shoot me an email. I haven't heard from you in a while. Um, but you can find us by going to thebedroominvaders.bandcamp.com. So that's it. See you guys soon. Episode 22 should be rolling out pretty shortly. Have a great day.